today I have the joy of bringing you a friend of mine, Elise Santilli. Elise is a qualified life coach and spiritual mentor who is based in Sydney, Australia. She works with women all over the world who have that niggling feeling that there could just be a little bit more magic to life. She helps them discover who they really are, build self-love and worthiness, which we are talking about today, and manifest the life of their dreams. She offers both life coaching and transformational online courses. Like I mentioned, I know Elise personally, and when I have a question about getting into a manifesting mindset or how to keep my thoughts focused and in alignment with what I desire, I call on Elise. She is honestly my go-to expert in this space. This interview is also a little bit fun because the majority of my listeners are American. Thanks, Pippa, my host, for letting me see who's listening. Most of you come from America, and I have a Kiwi accent. If you've been wondering where I'm from, I'm from New Zealand. But everyone thinks I'm from Australia when they hear me speak in real life. So this is a side-by-side of the Australian accent next to the New Zealand one. So that should be educational enough right there. In this episode, we're specifically talking about how we can co-create with the universe or God, if that is your preference. Elise's definition of miracle-minded thinking and how important it is to help us get what we truly desire in life. An explanation around quantum physics and how exactly it relates to manifesting. The importance of us taking inspired action towards what it is that brings us joy. How to keep the faith when we feel like our manifesting is failing miserably. Oh, I've been there. And finally, Elise offers at the end of the podcast some really practical ways for us to actually start manifesting the life that we desire. It's full of so much information. Recording this with Elise, I honestly wanted a notebook so I could take notes. So by all means, if you're a note taker, I would encourage you to get one for this episode so you can soak it all up. Or then again, you can always come back and re-listen. But now let's get on with the show. Welcome to Here to Thrive. I'm your host, Kate Snowwise. This is a podcast for people who are ready to step up and live a happier life. It's for those of us who are dedicated to understanding ourselves and getting the best that we can out of this thing called life. It's a mix of psychology and modern spiritual thought, always with a focus on practical advice so that you can take it back and apply it to your own life. I don't believe we're here to merely survive. I truly believe we're here to thrive. So let's get going. Elise, it is such a joy to have you on the Here to Thrive podcast. I have been hoping that you would come on right from the launch. So it's a joy to finally have you on board. Oh, thank you so much. It's a pleasure to be here. I love your podcast. It's amazing. You have a course called Beautiful Light Boot Camp, but I want to start with, have you always had a beautiful life? Ah, interesting question. Um, yes and no. So I grew up on an organic fruit and vegetable farm in countryside Australia, and I lived, I guess, what you would call quite a traditional life, but I always felt like it was the wrong fit for me, like I got good marks at school and studied law and became a lawyer and I had a good on paper boyfriend. So I kind of looked like I had a beautiful life, but deep inside, I was really unhappy. I felt disconnected and lost. I didn't know who I was and the life that looked good on paper wasn't making me feel fulfilled. And so I believed there was more magic to life, but it wasn't until a bit of grace unfolded in my life. And I saw a flyer for a philosophy class, just a fun one, not for any particular degree or certificate, not trying to get anywhere. I enrolled in that. And then that just cracked me open to what we'll probably talk about today, this whole other way of living and being in the world. And I started meditating and reading books and I woke up to my soul and I woke up to miracles and the universe and 
all of that juicy magic. And that's when I really began to create a beautiful life, which to me is an authentic and aligned life. When we're talking about creating a beautiful life and you mentioned you started meditating and one of the things that kind of goes along with what we're going to be discussing today and I know something that you believe in is manifesting. What does it mean to you? Manifesting to me means co-creating your heart's desires and your soul's calling with the universe or source energy or infinite intelligence, the quantum field, whatever you want to call that power that created us and keeps the galaxies spinning. And it's about living with intention. So realizing that your life is your canvas and you can paint a masterpiece rather than just floating along doing what society says you should do or not really even thinking about what you value. It's also about realizing that your dreams and visions, the things that are tugging on your soul, they're not random. They are the universe or your higher self calling you on the phone, telling you what life wants to experience and express through you. So it's being an active participant in the expansion of the universe. And it's also about realizing that your inner world intimately is connected to your outer reality. So as you begin to align your thinking with love and possibility, this is known as miracle-minded thinking, as you begin to raise your frequency and tap into the feelings of peace and joy and gratitude and worthiness and abundance inside of you, and as you unlock your gifts and your greatness, then you will naturally create a beautiful life, a more positive, uplifting, soul-satisfying reality. To sum it up, it's about realizing you are not alone in this world and you are here to be a powerful co-creator with that ever-present energy of love, which is sometimes known as God or the universe. My first thought hearing you talk about that is, What does co-creation mean? What do we have to do to show up and co-create? Is it the law of attraction? Is it kind of like that? How do do you see that process working? So I'm going to share how I understand it works and also just my real life experience of how it works. I don't claim to have all the answers because I don't think there's a human on this earth at this time who knows exactly how the cosmos works. So this is just my best explanation. So the basic premises of of manifesting, which yes, is the law of attraction, is to get clear on what you want. When you get clear on what you want, you have a vision, you have an intention, a desire, and you clear any of the limiting beliefs or fears holding you back from truly believing that and stepping into that. And then you align with that vision or dream internally first by visualizing it, by feeling it, by embodying it in terms of actually starting to think and feel and act like the person who already is in that vision. And then you take the inspired action that arises. You follow the intuitive nudges and the breadcrumb trail that's left before you. And then you let go of attachment to the outcome. You kind of trust that everything is happening for your highest good and everything's working out for you. Then we can co-create that vision that we initially received from the universe with the support of, you know, the right people coming into our lives, the right ideas dropping into our mind, the right opportunities coming up at the right time, all of that beautiful flow and synchronicity. It's kind of like the universe will meet us where we're at. Yes. So I'll give a bit more explanation of how this works. And there's kind of a more spiritual explanation and a more scientific side of it. So Interesting. I was going to say I'm all about the spiritual, but then I'm all about the scientific. So I'm looking forward to this. 
Oh, great. Beautiful. So the more spiritual side is that for thousands of years, sages have been saying the world is a reflection of us. It's nothing but a mirror. So the poet Rumi wrote, the world is like a mountain. Your echo depends on you. And if you scream good things, the world will give it back. And if you scream bad things, the world will give it back. So when we align our belief system with that we are worthy and that love and miracles are the way of life and that infinite possibilities exist. This is known as miracle-minded thinking. We raise our consciousness and we, we tap into those feelings that we would have if we were living our dreams, joy, gratitude, abundance, love, creativity. Then the world cannot help but reflect that. That is the reality that we tune into, like tuning into a radio station. Now, this sounds very woo-woo, but there's a couple of things that help back this up. So on a more obvious level, obviously, if you are believing in possibilities and your greatness and you're feeling joy and gratitude and you're living in your authentic power, you light up the room. People are going to be attracted to you. You're going to have a better partner and a better life and more opportunities. That's kind of obvious. But on a more subtle level, our state of being, so our mindset and our our emotional state, this could potentially be actually shaping the world we see around us, at least according to quantum physics. So Quantum physics shows that everything around us is made of small, tiny energy energy particles, the table, the desk, even our body. It appears to be physical and solid, but it's not. It's just tiny energy particles. And these energy particles, at least according to quantum physics, crystallize or shape into different things like flowers or, or stars or chairs or people based in part on our beliefs and expectations about what we're going to see. So we influence and shape the world around us with our beliefs and our emotional state, which is really interesting. And so this is potentially why the metaphysical text, A Course in Miracles, says that thought is the level of cause and our experience is the level of effect. So if we want to change the nature of our experience, we first need to change the nature of our thinking. So that's the more spiritual side of the world is a reflection of you. The world is like a mirror. If you want your life to change, you have to smile first. But then there's also a more psychological or scientific explanation of how our beliefs just simply filter our reality and shape our behavior. So our mind is equipped with something known as the reticular activating system. It's basically a filter. At any given second in time, our brain is processing millions upon millions of pieces of information, but it only filters a tiny percent of that, like 0.0001% or something, into our conscious mind, into our awareness. And how does it know what pieces of information to filter through to us? Well, it bases that decision on our beliefs. So if we believe that there's no good men left on earth or that (laughs) we are terrible and there's no job opportunities for us, then our mind will actually filter those men and those job opportunities out and vice versa. If we believe in possibilities and abundance and, and friendships and all of that good stuff, our mind will start to track that down. So it makes sense, right? To empower yourself by starting to believe in your dreams in advance of them manifesting into your reality. And just very quickly, the final kind of piece of the puzzle is that our beliefs and our emotions, our inner world again, shape our behavior. So this is known as self-concept or self-image psychology. If you believe that you are shy and inadequate, 
you're going to act that way and you're going to sabotage yourself if you do receive love or money or success or whatever and vice versa if we start to adopt the identity of someone who is lovable of someone who is successful of someone who is great then we will tap into our innate greatness and start to live or or express that into the world so to sum up that probably too lengthy explanation miracles in our mind create miracles in our life and when we align with the universe which is naturally like the nature of the universe is love and creativity and infinite possibility and expansion, then we too can contribute to the creation of that in our world. It totally makes sense to me. And I love the way that you just explained it in a number of different ways. So I think that it could kind of you know, someone could hear it a different way and it makes more sense. The one that really stood out to me was when you were talking about A Course of Miracles and how where thought is the cause and our experience is the effect. That's just so simple to me. And I mean, the whole reason I went into psychology is because I believed so much in the power of our minds. And like you said, it's not hard to look around and just see that, the beliefs we hold about ourselves or the way in which we see the world affects the experience we have in the world. So I don't think it's two way out when we talk about it like that. But then at the same time, I've always been fascinated by quantum physics. I'm not going to lie. I see you as a bit of an expert around all of this manifesting type miracle mindset stuff. What are some of the common misperceptions that you see or have heard from your clients or see in people you know around manifesting? Firstly, that that manifesting is optional or that you, you oh, I want to learn like to manifest or should I, should I start to manifest? We're always manifesting in the sense of our beliefs and our emotions are always shaping the reality that's being filtered by our minds and our actions at the very least. That is such in a addition- good one. You know, I just, I always just want to like sit there for a second and soak it up. Cause I'm like, how true is that? Like I'm going to manifest what I desire and I'm going to turn it on and off. No, sweetie, you're always manifesting whether you like it or not. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. So it's about becoming conscious of that. And then, you know, for those of us who, who take it that extra step, It's also about being aware that like at every moment the universe is responding to you. So every moment you're sending out a frequency. How are you feeling right now? What are you believing? You know, are you focused on your vision or are you focused on what you're lacking? That again is potentially shaping the reality that you're tuning into and the people and the opportunities that are able to come into your awareness. So the second misconception is that it's selfish I think a lot of people are really um, anti-law of attraction and I get it in the sense of it can be used in an egoic selfish way if you were just trying to get and get and get to prove yourself or finally feel like enough like that's not going to work a because the world is a reflection of you and so you're not coming from a place of wholeness and abundance and and expression and creativity And nothing will make you feel like enough if that feeling doesn't come from within. But this manifesting concept can also be used in a positive, empowering way, both in terms of we are the universe, we are life experiencing itself as a human for a little while, and it wants to express through us. That is why we came into this experience to adventure on earth in time and space. So when we have a vision, when we have a desire, a calling in our heart, you know, it's a beautiful thing to to work towards that and, and bring that into fruition with the universe. And also manifesting is about raising our consciousness. You know, again, we have to get our thoughts in alignment with love and possibility and our greatness, our highest selves. We have to align with our highest selves for this to really work on an ongoing basis. So when we raise our frequency and raise our consciousness, the whole world benefits. And you know what? When we do that, like 
our intentions are naturally to uplift the world, to mm-hmm. be of service, mm-hmm. you know. It, so, so there's something really not selfish about manifesting, at least in my experience. I was, I was going to um, say, I know that's one of the reasons that you and I sort of came into each other's lives is because we did have those same intentions and I know our hearts are in the right place. Exactly, exactly. Your heart's in the right place when you're being of service. And you know what? Your heart's in the right place when you're also creating your own vision and desires that are are coming from that sourceful, loving place of truth. You know, you're not going after something because you're, oh my God, I'm incomplete. I've got to fill this void in my heart. You're actually authentically just playing on this beautiful Mm. earth. And when you're in your joy, you naturally bring joy to the world. So there is nothing wrong with like trusting in and following your dreams and desires. And then finally, the last kind of misconception I want to touch on is that manifesting is about just waiting for something outside of you to happen, you know, sitting on the couch and waiting for a million dollars to show up. Um, And you know what? That could happen. I'm not saying that can't happen because like if infinite possibilities exist according to quantum physics, then that possibility exists. And I'm sure it's happened to someone. But what we've got to understand is that the universe is not some power outside of us in the sky. It is us. We are a piece of the divine. We are a piece of the universe. So if we have a vision or a dream, the fastest path to creating that could be involving us. So the universe kind of calculates the fastest path for us to create that vision or desire and it might involve us getting off the couch and buying a lottery ticket or writing a book or going to the park or starting a meetup. I think Elizabeth Gilbert says you've got to relentlessly participate in the creation of your own blessings. If you get an intuitive nudge to take some inspired action while while you're working towards a, a vision or a dream, you've got to take that. That's that's your part to play. But it's from this place of inspiration, not this place of overthinking it and, oh, my God, how will it happen and all of this attachment to to the outcome. You've got and to, it, I was going to say, I want to, I want to hear that Elizabeth Gilbert quote again. You've got to relentlessly pursue. What was it? You, You've got to relentlessly participate in the creation of your own blessings. I have to write that down. You've got to relentlessly participate in the creation of your own blessings. How good is that? Because that's what I feel like we need to take action. And so many of us want to shy away from that at times, I think. Yeah, exactly. So it's just, um, I see so many people waiting, like waiting for them to feel good enough or waiting for something to change in their circumstances for then them to feel good and for them to finally go after their true goals and dreams. But it works the reverse. If you want something, you have to change first. Like if you want to feel love, you, you, you have to feel love inside of you first. If you want to create success or, or abundance, you have to feel abundant and successful first. And then you have to like become that person who, who would have that reality. And that may involve actually writing a book if you want to be a writer or, or getting out there in the world and, and playing and, and doing your part because like an inch outside our comfort zone is like a, a diamond field of possibilities but we we kind of have to get outside that comfort zone in order to to expand our our access to the opportunities so i love this walt whitman quote he says henceforth i am i ask not for good fortune i myself am good fortune and i love that because that's manifesting to me it's not about you know, waiting for good fortune, asking for it, begging for it. It's about being good fortune by raising your consciousness, raising your vibration, and then taking inspired action towards your joy, towards your vision, towards your bliss, towards service. And that's when, you know, life flows. Life flows. I hear you. I totally hear you. You were, when you were 
talking about how you didn't necessarily have the most beautiful life on the inside and you found that philosophy class. Was that where you were first introduced to the idea of being able to kind of create things? How did that all come about? And once you were introduced to the idea, how did you make it a reality in your life? Yeah, this is a great question. So it did come about at philosophy class, but in a roundabout way. So we were in class having a conversation and a a man in my class who was maybe 10, 15 years my senior was telling a story and he casually said something like, oh, you know, when you like get clear on your vision and desires and then like the whole universe supports you to make it happen, blah, 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 blah. And he continued on the story. And I think it was about his um, successful childcare business and manifesting a, a trip to Greece that he, you know, put on his vision board a few years earlier. And he just said it so casually. And I had never heard of this concept of like the whole universe supports you and miracles unfold. So in the dinner break, I went up to him and I said, I don't know what you mean. Like, what the heck are you telling me? talking about? You have to tell me. So he, he shared his understanding of manifesting with me. And he said what really started it for him was he got these sheets of paper just blank sheets of paper and on each one it had a title of an area of his life like finances and wealth, career and contribution, relationships and love, fun and leisure and lifestyle, creativity and and soul connection, body and well-being, uh, education and learning. And he locked himself in a room for like hours and hours and hours and wrote and wrote and wrote. And he threw out lots of pieces of paper and it took him a while, but he eventually tapped into the the special source, the actual truth of what he wanted for his life, or at least at that stage of his life, our soul is always expanding. And so I took this piece of grace and did the same. I got my own pieces of paper and started to write down what I wanted. And little did I realize at the time that was, beginning my journey of co-creating my life because it was step one like you know getting clear on who you are and what you want and it was from that that then I started to experience synchronicities the first thing I ever remember manifesting was a cucumber but it was like so magical that I was just in love I was like I want to live in magic forever connected to love connected to source it just became my passion I want to hear the cucumber story, Elise. You can't, you can't just hint at it. How did you manifest a cucumber? Well, I was at the grocery store and I collected my things and I was having people over for dinner that night. And so I got to the checkout and I don't know if you have them in America, but they have these like conveyor belts where you put all your groceries. Yeah, we do. Is that a thing? We Great. totally have those. So I I was putting my things on the conveyor belt and there was a couple in front of me and their stuff was on the conveyor belt in front of my stuff. And it was, it, there was a divider, like a piece of wood to divide it. And I realized, oh my God, I forgot to get a cucumber and I needed the cucumber for the salad I was making for my guests. But there was a big line behind me. The the grocery store was packed and I didn't have time to go back and get it. So I was like, back out, you're stuck. (laughs) Exactly. So I was standing there thinking like, oh, I need a cucumber. How can I get a cucumber? It would would be so good to have a cucumber, you know, thinking and thinking of visualizing cucumbers. And then I kid you not, as the conveyor belt moved forward with all the groceries on it, uh, a cucumber from the couple's groceries who were in front of me, it got stuck to the side and then didn't move for like a minute. And as my groceries moved forward, it then got caught in my groceries and flipped its way right into the (laughs) center of my grocery pile. And I was like, oh my God, I have a cucumber. And it was just like the best thing ever. (laughs) That is the coolest story. I think that's, that, yeah, that is brilliant. I'm so glad you shared that with us because my (laughs) next question was going to be about that. And so that was the first thing that you manifested. But I want to hear a couple more stories about some of the coolest things or experiences that since manifesting a cucumber, you've been able to bring into your life. 
<laughs> well, there's so many stories, like everything from coffee tables to business class flights to beautiful friendships to clients to purple feathers so really uh, two apartments the sky's the limit but I'll, I might just share two quick stories as examples that'd be great um the first one I always feel a bit vulnerable and embarrassed sharing this story but it's such a good one it's men I manifested men so <laughs> I, I'd broken up with a, a in a relationship of eight years and at that time I kind of, I didn't feel like I had the highest self-esteem. I kind of felt like, you know, men wouldn't notice me. And I, I, I was starting to learn about manifesting. So I thought, you know what, like, this is not going to serve me. My beliefs create my reality and they create my behavior. So I worked on creating new beliefs and a new feeling and vibration inside of me of, I, you know, I am inherently enough and I provide the best experience a man could have. And I am ready to share my joy for life with a good guy and support him blossom. And I repeated these affirmations about, you know, being enough and being inherently desirable. And in particular, I provide the best experience a man could possibly have. I repeated those over and over. And, And key to this was, I would visualize myself feeling enough and being that light and being present and joyful and authentic and detached from outcomes um, on dates and really embodied that feeling of worthiness and femininity and sparkle. I, I can't explain it in a better way than that. And what happened over the next few months just blew my mind. So I went from never really having a lot of success with men and kind of always settling for partners that didn't really, um, you know, complete me to um, being asked out by a millionaire, being asked out by a male model, being asked out by a hot soldier, being asked out by a creative designer. Like it was relentless. I couldn't go anywhere without being asked out by a, a man. I had men dropping groceries at my door and bringing me gifts. And it was just, it was so cool to see how changing my beliefs changed my reality but the best part was it's never about the external circumstances like that was fun but it wasn't about that it was for the first time in my life I actually felt like enough I realized my own value I realized what I had to offer I felt more in love with myself than ever I didn't even need a partner then and and that was really life-changing for me so that's one example I of just, manifesting I was going to say I just want to I, I can't help but chuckle a little bit you provide the best experience what was that that a man could possibly have I, mean, I got I, I was going to say what is the universe going to show up with when you give it that to work with Elise I'm sure some of it was pretty entertaining yeah, yeah. And you know what, like, I'll, I'll put a disclaimer on it. This is why I get vulnerable sharing this story, because I'm scared it makes me sound really arrogant or something. But when I said that affirmation, it was about like, not about being better than other people or competing. It was more, you know, affirming that I I have something to offer and that like, I provide you know, a really great experience just being myself and being present and being joyful and being authentic and, you know, that I could trust that I was enough. Hey, it totally worked by the sound of it. I am not bashing it because seriously, I have never had groceries delivered at my door from a guy. So (laughs) I, yeah, I'm impressed. Okay. I want to hear another story. So the second one was a recent one. I'll share this because it's a good example of keeping the faith. So I decided that I wanted to move. I was living in a beautiful penthouse apartment that I'd manifested, but like I'd been there for a couple of years and I'd woken up one day and my soul had said, you need to move by the beach. So like move to this beautiful town in Sydney, Australia that is on the beach and there's so much nature and the vibe is really high and it's just gorgeous. But like, reality said that I couldn't do it. There was a long list of reasons why it wasn't possible. Like the the rental market is crazy enough in Australia, but this particular town is like so popular that you go to a rental inspection and there's like 30 to 40 people there and people bid to, to pay more and 
um, it's just really crazy impossible to, to get a rental and add to that because I am self-employed as a writer and a life coach, um, because the market's so competitive, uh, the real estate agents often and probably, you know, understandably prefer it if you have like a, a 10 year stable job as a corporate worker or a government worker like that, that is more reliable for them or it looks better on paper to them than a life coach. So we, we were applying and applying and applying and just kept missing out, kept missing out. And I just felt like, oh, my God, universe, like, when will this happen? But my soul kind of spoke and said, like, it will happen when you trust in it. It will happen when you feel good now. It will happen when you let go of your control. It will happen when you you feel those feelings that you would have if you got that apartment now. So I started to let it go a bit and live in more joy and gratitude while not letting go of the vision. I would still visualize it at night just for fun and like play with that energy. And so we went to a rental inspection just shortly after my soul had kind of spoken to me. And it was on a Saturday and it was pouring rain. So it was an hour from our kind of current house at the time so we went drove an hour in the rain got soaking wet showed up and the real estate agent went to show the house and she couldn't get the keys to work so there's this big line of like 30 40 people waiting to see this apartment and the keys wouldn't work and so we had to go home and we couldn't see it now this is the point in time where it would have been really easy to go oh, that like, you know, that's a negative thing. You know, we went all this way, we got wet and the keys wouldn't even work. The universe is not on my side. Nothing's working out for me. But thankfully, I know better. I know when you define things in a positive way, often it will lead to a positive outcome. So I said to my husband, I bet you this is happening for our highest good. I have a really good feeling about this. I, I'm in a place of faith and conviction and trust. Like I just know that this is divine. And a couple of days later, the real estate agent called us and said that they were going to reopen the apartment for inspection, but it would be on a Tuesday in the daytime. So when we had originally gone, because it was a Saturday, everyone could make it like 40 people were there. And I think that if we'd applied for it on that day, if they were able to show it, we wouldn't have got it. But because they reopened it on a Tuesday in the daytime where no one can go except for life coaches who work for themselves. <laughs> this is too perfect. I, I was able to go and speak to the real estate agent. They were lovely. They liked me. I liked them. And no, like practically no one else was there. There was like two other couples there. And so we got the place. And it's like our dream apartment. It had everything I wrote in my journal over and over. Natural light, a home office, by the beach, blah, 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 blah. And the price was amazing too. Like it defied all reality. It defied all the stuff in the paper about the rental market. It defied all the reasons why we couldn't get it and it happened from a miracle I needed a miracle to make the impossible happen and the universe provided in this funny circumstances of the keys not working provided that miracle to manifest this beachside apartment of our dreams oh that is so good so good so are you speaking to us from the beachside apartment of your dreams I am I'm speaking to you from my home office which is something I journaled and journaled and journaled about oh that's so cool I you kind of touched on something there when you were starting that conversation about how it was one time that required you to really stay in that place of faith how do you keep yourself really focused and aligned enough to manifest your desires, especially when it feels like things aren't working out? Yeah, that's a great question. So the first thing is just to like have that clear vision. Like it's so easy to focus on what we don't want. Oh, I don't like this job. I don't like my partner. I lack friends or whatever, but like, it's much easier to not focus on that when you have this clear vision and you know your values. I know that you're big on values work. This is where this comes into play. When you know your values and you know your vision, you can constantly every day tap into 
passion and purpose and an authentic why. And that in and of itself gives you that kind of energy to get out of bed and that excitement to go after your dreams and to have faith and conviction and to do what it takes. Uh, The second thing is to know what makes you feel good. I know that sounds silly, but so few people actually do this. We all have things in our life that make us feel, I use the term, aligned, aligned with our soul, aligned with our authenticity, aligned with our natural sense of joy. For me, that is things like meditation, quotes and affirmations, listening to uplifting videos and audios, nature, the beach, walks, philosophical conversations and creative expression. If I do those things daily, then I just naturally raise my vibration and then everything flows more easily. But also you're not waiting. Like this is one of the paradoxes about manifesting is we are trying to co-create more and more and more and more of what our soul wants to express to us, more of our dreams. But at the same time, we are not putting our happiness on hold because the only moment we can ever experience life is now. And so we want to have that vision, but then live in the present with joy and awe and wonder and lust for life. So when we start to do the things that we value and the things that make us feel aligned today, then we're not putting our happiness on hold. Uh, It can also be helpful to pray. I like to communicate with my soul or source or whatever you think of that energy as through a morning prayer or intention like show me what to do, show me what to say, show me where to go. Um, And it just means that I've opened myself up to guidance, to miraculous solutions, to insights, to new ways of seeing my problems, to miraculous creative possibilities and solutions. Um, Knowing how to shift so when you do see yourself out of alignment, and this happens to me every day, like I'm not perfect. If I see myself starting to get into that place of complaining or lack of belief or ingratitude or sabotage then like I know to stop and pause and take a few deep breaths or meditate or read something inspiring like go for a quick walk in nature get back to that place of your alignment your power your center return to that place and then finally like to take it not so seriously is one of the biggest keys it's almost it's another paradox you have to kind of care less about your biggest goals, dreams, desires, Mm. wishes in order for them to happen. And we get scared. We think if we like stop stressing and controlling that they won't happen. But often it's that moment that we surrender and trust and get out of our attachment to the way that it must unfold, that we then open up the space for the true miracles to unfold. Yeah, I think those paradoxes are what trip a lot of people up. I know I've always kind of struggled to get my head around, like, how am I supposed to hold a vision, but at the same time, not be attached to it? You know, have you, is, have you yeah. got any tips around that point, how to hold oh a vision gosh, and not be attached? Such, such a good question. I'll tell you the answer, at least my view the way to hold a vision and not be attached is to live from the vision because if you're living from the vision then you're not there's nothing to be attached from it's already happened and I mean this both like metaphorically you live from the vision in terms of your mindset like um, you create the mindset and the decision-making process and the, the daily feelings and emotions of someone who has the love you want, who has the success you want, who has the book deal you want. Like you get up every day and you go, if I was that person, how would I think? How would I feel? What would I do? So you, you, I, I heard a quote that goals are not somewhere to get to. Goals are somewhere to come from. So you live from the vision. And then the second is more practical. You you live from the vision by going, okay, what can I do now to live that dream? So 
often we can get very creative if you want more abundance in your life. It doesn't necessarily take money to feel more abundant. You could go, you know, to a posh hotel lobby for a coffee or you could go to the Chanel store. If you want more love in your life, you could go volunteer somewhere or you could organize a monthly dinner party. Like if you want more nature and travel in your life, wanderlust, then maybe you can go visit a different city in your in your area or you can actually get out of the house and try new things more. Like there's so many little creative ways that we can live our vision today that fulfill us. And then we don't notice this big gap between where we are and where we want to be. And then that naturally, you know, brings it to us faster. But we're we don't need it because it's already ha- we're already happy, but it we're comes anyway. I like that. We're already happy. It's interesting that you talked about that concept of play as well because in the interview I did with Sonia and Sabrina Choketali, uh, they spoke about how spirit is actually really playful. And if you can be light and fun, you will bring that kind of energy into your life, which I thought was so just really powerful. Yeah, I love that. That's such a good reminder. I do a little bunch of intermission questions. Elise, I'm going to throw them your way now. All right, are you ready? Yay, that sounds fun. Are you a morning person or a night person? I'm a morning person. I do always feel envious of night people because it seems kind of cool and I would love to be that, but I, I get up really early. I love the freshness of the mornings there's something magical there's something quiet and soulful about it I love being up before everyone else going for a walk meditating soul journaling it's just divine to me it's my happy place I, I'm a night person. I don't think it's cool. I'm super envious of you. <laughs> I like wake up every morning still tired. It's not cool. Okay. So what is currently sitting on your nightstand or bedside table, as you would say in Australia or New Zealand? I have a funny answer. I don't have a bedside table. We are kind of minimalist in our house. I don't have a TV. I don't have a coffee table. Um, and I Where don't do have a bedside table. Stuff, Elise? <laughs> Like, where do you, I don't know. I try not to have too much where stuff. Where do you put like, your books? The things I value. We have our bookcase downstairs. So, yeah, we have that. That's about That's about it. I'm fascinated. So when? where do you read? I'm just going off. I'm going off course now. I read. Uh, uh, we have a couch. Um, we have a bed. Do you read so in read bed? In bed. Yeah. yeah. And then do you put the book on the floor? I, I want a full yeah. picture now. Yeah, I've never even thought about it, like that that was a weird thing to do. But yes, my book and my journal live on the floor. Ah, I'm fascinated. I'm very interested. I just I just bought a new couch and I was all excited because we have been living without side tables for like four years. And I bought this like, not, not expensive, just this little side table. I just bought it in passing the other day. And my husband put like his cup of water on it the other day as we were sitting on the couch. And he's like, how have we been living without this? that's so awesome all right I did manifest a coffee table once um speaking of manifesting where did it go did you give it away after you didn't need it anymore yeah we just used it for about 12 months and then um gave it away oh I I, want to see this little beach bungalow now with its minimalist look (laughs) what is your favorite self-care activity There's a few because it depends on what your your soul needs at the time. So for me, it could be meditation, reading. I love philosophy. I could read philosophy all day and have deep and meaningful conversations about the meaning of life and walks at the beach and walks at night. I love looking up to the stars. It puts everything into perspective and reminds me how little we know and how much magic is out there. Oh, you're a star child. I can tell already. (laughs) Okay. Your favorite book. Have you got a book that's really impacted you in life or one that you think is a good recommendation for people to read? Yeah, I'll give you two if that's okay. Um, Just because they complement each other so well. So the first one is The Power of Now by Eckhart Tolle, which I know a lot of people have been impacted by, just because I think it's such a beautiful, clear explanation of, you know, the ego mind versus our soul and, you know, not believing all our fear-based thoughts and aligning our thoughts with love and, and being more present in our lives. So that book, I think, is 
life-changing. And then the second book is E-Cubed or E-Squared by Pam Grout, which is all about exactly what we've been talking about, manifesting with the universe that infinite possibilities and realities could exist and how we can begin to play with this power and and co-create small miracles, big miracles, all sorts of daily joy. And the book itself is filled with experiments. So it's really good if you're not sure about this stuff, you're a bit skeptical because you can take the book and experiment and and manifest for yourself. And I think that has a really powerful impact on people. I can remember I got the little, I had the little version of Pam Grout's, I don't know where it is now, but Pam Grout's book, E-Squared. And I did the first activity. Can you remember what the first activity actually is? Was it the one about asking for a a, a clear sign within 48 hours? I think it was, I think it was actually, maybe it wasn't the first activity. I think I was asking for some form of gift, right? And so I was, I had been like really putting in this energy of like, I really want a gift. I want something that will make me smile, something that'll make me happy. And I was in my mind, I was adamant that I wanted flowers delivered to my door because I love flowers. Anyway, I um, was watching the clock and I can remember being like, oh, there's no flowers. I didn't get flowers. And I was so peed off that I didn't get these flowers that I was like trying to manifest. And then I went to a yoga class with a girlfriend and I hadn't been to yoga for a long time at that point. And I had two small children, was pretty much a full-time stay-at-home mom. I don't think I'd started my business yet. And I found that really draining because it's just 24-7, you know, you're on. And then at the end of this uh, yoga class, just before my time was up, they literally did five minutes of silence, which they hadn't done at any of the other kind of yoga classes I had gone to with her um, over the months. And I realized in that moment of silence, and you know, you talk about your soul talking to you. My soul Mm -hmm. literally came and I was like, this is your gift. This is the thing you needed most. This is what was sent to make you smile. These five minutes of silence. And it was so, I felt like, I felt like a, it was a bit of a laugh. I was like, good one universe. This is exactly what I needed. Cause I did, I needed that so much more than a bunch of flowers. But I can't remember what the exercise was, but I can just remember being really just, it was a lesson in that sometimes things don't show up the way you expect them to, but they always show up the way you need them to. Yeah. Beautiful. I love that. That gives me shivers. I love it so much. I still laugh about it because I was like, oh, that is so what I needed. That's a very relevant book for our conversation. Do you have any kind of wrong turns in life that really turned out to be a blessing? (laughs) <laughs> um, the first like 26 years of my life. <laughs> do you um, want to just uh, give us a little summary of those? <laughs> yeah, like I, I really do believe like um, that I am super grateful and wouldn't change a thing in the sense of being in the wrong relationship for eight years taught me exactly what I wanted and needed in a relationship. And being in the wrong career, I was a lawyer for, ooh, I don't know, eight or ten years. That also taught me what I wanted. I wanted purpose, passion, you know, to give my gifts and be myself. And I am so grateful for that because I think if it hadn't gotten so hard, like if it wasn't so bad and I really didn't dread going there, then I might not have been kind of so pushed or forced to actually take a good look at what I wanted for my life. Like sometimes, um, there's a danger in mediocrity in the sense of at least it's comfortable, but um, being in the wrong, really wrong career um, helped me discover what I wanted. And even things like, you know, I've struggled with a, a social anxiety, shyness and low self-esteem for the, the first big chunk of my life. And again, I, I'm so grateful for that detour from from my greatness and love into this low place because now when I coach clients and now when I do what I do for a career, I know what it's like to feel that way. And I also can say with conviction to my clients and students, it is possible to change from there because like I've I've been there and things have changed Mm. miraculously. So I have a lot of faith in what I do. That is so good. What is one thing in your day that you can't do without? 
uh, meditation in the morning because I have tried not doing it. Sometimes I, I forget. I Once every 100 days, my ego will convince me I don't need to do it and then I just, I'm a big hot mess for the rest of the day. <laughs> I like that once every 100 days, my ego, my ego wins and I forget yeah. that I really do need it. And then coffee, coffee and miracles, meditation, coffee and miracles, them I think. Oh, you need to like print a journal with that on the front. <laughs> Meditation coffee. Yeah. I would buy it. I would mug. buy it. I like all of those things. <laughs> How would you describe the soul? Oh, great question. I think it's our authentic self. It's who we really are deep down under all our titles and roles like mother or writer or sister or or runner or wife or single or old or young. It's who we are underneath all of that. It's who we are underneath all of our circling thoughts and beliefs and fears. It's our divinity, our connection to the source of life, the one infinite creation. And it's the part of us that is wise and great and creative and loving and powerful and all of those things we wish to be we are that we had just have to learn to to tap into that and um live from that place mm. oh I feel kind of like I just want to sit there for a moment but yeah. I do want to talk about people other people manifesting because it's been great to hear about your stories and incredibly inspirational and motivating but when you work with other people or have watched other people what are the most common reasons you think they trip themselves up is it the because they don't feel happy now and there's a couple of things like um, in terms of if it doesn't feel like manifesting is working or flowing for you you might want to consider like the first one is, um, you know, looking at your mindset and your vibration, like what do you really believe about yourself and the world and what is possible for you? Do that mindset work to make sure that you have empowering beliefs that align with what you want. And then how do you feel on a daily basis? Like, are you living in a place of joy and gratitude? Obviously this is not to demonize, um, challenging emotions I, I cry more than ever at the moment um, I don't numb my emotions but generally um, living in joy and gratitude and and worthiness and and creative possibility that is when the universe reflects that so I would just step one reflect on you know what is my mindset and vibration and you know is there a lesson in this for me when things in my life aren't flowing I don't blame myself, but I do get curious and ask, like, is there anything in this that I need to learn or to shift? And then if there's not, if you've really done everything in your power, it could be that that's not in your highest interest. Like we like to think that we know best and we know everything. But the truth is we have no idea of the bigger picture of life and the universe's plans and what's going on. But our higher self does know. Our higher self, our soul, has that bird's eye view of life because it's connected to everything and, and the oneness. So there's many times in my life I thought that something was right for me, like a particular guy or a particular career opportunity, and it didn't pan out. But actually what was meant for me was right around the corner and a couple of days or months later I discovered or, or encountered something that was 10 times more aligned and amazing. So I've begun to realize that sometimes like we just don't know what that highest good is and that the miracle could be even more amazing than our highest vision. Mm, so trusting, trust, trust, trust. Yeah, exactly. Um, also looking at worthiness. This is a big one because I work with clients on self-love a lot. And a lot of people, surprisingly, they say that they want something. Like, oh, I, I want a soulmate. I want career success. I want money. But actually deep down, like, they feel uncomfortable with happiness. They feel like they don't deserve it. They feel unworthy. This is all our childhood conditioning. So you've got to do some work to really own your kind of inherent worth as a divine child of the universe and, and feel more comfortable 
with success or abundance or love or happiness or whatever it is that you seek. Otherwise, you'll keep repelling it or sabotaging it. And then exactly what you touched on, I think one of the biggest blocks of all is needing reality to change in order to be happy. When you do that, you're sending out a signal to the universe that you, you haven't got it yet. Like if you're saying, oh, I'm, I'll be happy when I get the man, when I get the money, when I get the success, when I get the apartment, you're sending out the frequency of I'm not there yet. I don't have it yet. I don't have enough. I'm in lack. And that just creates more of the same. You actually have to feel like you are living your dreams now and feel worthy and happy and joyful now and make the most of today and get creative and find ways to feel those juicy feelings and live your dreams today in order for the world to then reflect who you are now being. So this can take faith. This does take faith. And that's why I told the apartment story to share like that sometimes you do need to believe that even where it looks impossible that the miracle is right around the corner. And as Wayne Dyer famously said, like when you believe it, then you will see it. You you can't mm. see it to believe it. You have to believe it first. Oh, you have to believe it to see it, not see it to believe it. Oh. All right, I'm going to wrap it up. Do you have any like quick or simple things that we might be able to kind of apply to our own lives so we can up our manifesting games and games. Yeah. I like this idea of play, yeah. like they are manifesting games. Yeah, I love that so much. It's so important. Just play with the universe. That's such a good key. Uh, so a couple of quick things you can do. Write your intentions daily. Like first step is to start to get in touch with what you want. And the simplest way to do this is to write down your goals, dreams, wishes, intentions on a piece of paper like I did all those years ago that changed my life. And I even have these pieces of paper on my website as a free download because I, I believe in this so much, the power of the pen. So if you need these Dream Life Vision Sheets, um, I'll, I'll leave a link for you to get them, but they're on my website. The second thing is to create a new identity for yourself. So who would you be if you were living your dreams, if you were in your greatness, if you were giving your gifts, if you were, you know, that person you wish you could be living the life you wish you could live. What would you believe? How would you feel? What would you wear? How, what would you have a breakfast? How would you walk? How would you make decisions? Be really clear on that person and then you can start to embody those traits today. You can spend a few minutes visualizing yourself walking into situations in your life, being that person the way I would visualize myself on dates with men, like being comfortable and not having social anxiety but being happy to be me. And then any time in your day you're kind of sabotaging or procrastinating or criticizing yourself or in fear – can simply pause and go, what would Elise 2.0 do? Like what, what would that higher version of me do? So it's just a handy tool to have. And then thirdly, the third quick thing is surrender through prayer. So anytime you need guidance, say a quick prayer. Soul, show me the way. I'm willing to see this differently. I'm open to creative possibilities. And what you are doing is you're simply acknowledging that you believe there's another way. You believe there's a way through, but you don't know what it is. And so you're willing to be humble enough to like empty your mind of the limitations and the fears and, and be open to a, a new insight, a new solution, a new creative possibility coming into your life. I feel like Elise just shared so much information with us there and there is a lot to take in. So many wonderful thoughts around manifesting and how you can apply it to your own life. I hope it made you feel just that tiny bit more empowered around this. As Elise mentioned, she has a wonderful resource library on her website. So you can find Elise if you'd like to know more about her at her web home, which is notesonbliss.com notesonbliss 
There, if you go to the link that is called bonuses, you will find those planning sheets she was talking about as one of the options for you to download there. So that would be notesonbliss.com forward slash bonuses. Elisa's site also links to a lot of her wonderful writing. She is such a talented writer and her online courses, one of which is focused on self-love and worthiness. So if you feel like that's a place that you really need to work on in order for you to manifest the life you dream of and desire, I would thoroughly encourage you to check out her work and offerings. If you are enjoying the podcast, I would so appreciate if you could whip into iTunes and find a way to leave me a review in there. That just helps spread the message and get here to thrive up in the search options that come up in iTunes so that new people can also benefit from hearing here to thrive. Not always easy, desktop way easier. I know, I hear you, but it would mean the world to me if you could leave a little note there. Till next week, keep thriving.